Hey everyone, and welcome to Time Extend. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Adam Ismail, and I'm here with... Brendan Norrison, and today we won't be discussing the latest news in the racing game world, but we do have a featured topic. Yeah, so we were trying to figure out a way to switch it up this week and also talk about something that wasn't just in our Sega Racer, and I think we (laughs) figured it out, um, because this is a topic that's near and dear to our uh, hearts, but we really haven't given it the time of day on Time Extend at all. So this is going to be an in-depth and comprehensive ranking of all the Core Ridge Racer games. That, yeah, it's it's going to be a big topic too. If we tried to fit news in, the show would probably be two hours long at least. Um, that's after we dug around for news to find worth talking about, which hasn't really been the case lately. But yeah, so what we decided to do was just figure out where all the Ridge Racer games, the, the console ones anyway, rank uh, according to your humble uh, co-hosts. And we had a couple rules for this going in. Uh, first off, no spin-offs, and those really only count um, Ridge Racer Unbounded and our Racing Evolution, which aren't really Ridge Racer games anyway, so I don't think anybody would have an issue with that. No mobile yes. titles, because we we don't care about them. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this one's unfortunate. I wish there was a way we could get around this, but no, no uh, arcade-only entries, which means yes. that, unfortunately... Uh, we lose Rave Racers, which is a game that I always wanted to play, you know, and just always wanted to have an opportunity to get to know as well as all the other games in the series, but it's just, like, not a thing in arcades, at least in the U.S., so never got that chance. Yeah, me either, to be honest. Never had the chance to play it, unfortunately. Seemed really interesting, although I've also read some people say like eh it's something special so take <laughs> yes. that take that as you will but also means we can't put in uh, Ridge Racer Ridge Racer 2 which is really almost exactly the same as Ridge Racer 1 from what I can understand and uh, also the Ridge Racer 5 arcade battle so so we had to skip out a couple there but we still have 13 games to talk about and uh, the way we decided to approach this was we gave each game a ranking uh, of points from 1 to 13, 13 being the most points we could award to a game, and 1 being the least, and we award our points based on how we felt, and then we tallied those up. So this ranking is a combination, uh, you could say, of our feelings, which were very, very aligned with each other. We voted the same way on almost every single game, except for yeah. one. <laughs> But we won't tell you what that is until we get into it. It's actually an interesting one, too, that we kind of diverged on. I would say so. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, we'll start with, uh, as, it, as it works out, because there are two ties on this list because of the way things shook out, we'll start out with number 11s, uh, which is Ridge Racer 6 and Ridge Racer DS. Now, which of these do you hate more? I guess is a better way to figure out which to talk about uh, first. Well, I, I'll, I'll go with Ridge Racer DS here. Okay. Um, and... I'll kind of briefly sum it up just to get it started. But no, we'll I start. We'll it. start with one of them. We'll start with DS, yeah, and then we'll do yeah. six. I think that's a good way to approach it. So, yeah, I would say yeah. so. Um, but Ridge Racer. Um, so is it DS we're talking about now or six? DS, DS, DS. We'll go with DS, right? Um, I consider this one of the most unplayable Ridge Racers <laughs> in the entire list, which is why I gave it such a harsh score. I really do feel as if it had no redeeming features at all, even on the DS. It was impressive in as much as it was a con- it was a port of Ridge Racer 64 on a handheld system, which was like back in the day. You know, we didn't really the, the PSP and the Nintendo DS were the first times that we had 3D quality games uh, in the palms of our hands. So that was pretty cool. 
But yeah, this is a part of one of my least favorite Ridge Racer games <laughs> on on the platform yeah. that didn't have anything really but a D-pad unless you you tried to use one of those terrible terrible touch controls. Yeah, and they that must have seemed like a cool idea on paper, and I'm, I'm imagining it looked great on websites too, like touchscreen steering wheels, oh yeah. my. And then actually playing it was awful. And the thing is, like, I, I would love to just say that's the hardware's fault, but Codemasters pa- managed to put a pretty competent grid port on mm. the DS. That's so true. that doesn't wash for me. And even Codemasters made a DS-specific racing series and a touching race or creating race sorry that even yes. track creation tools and everything so I'm sorry if, as far as I'm concerned uh, you can't blame the hardware for this one Namco <laughs> no I think that's totally true I mean yeah I, I had those uh, Toka race driver games and they were yeah. fine and also we have to remember that the first two Ridge Racers like three Ridge Racers I guess you would say on the PlayStation didn't benefit from dual shock support so yeah so they only had d-pads to go on and those games were i mean well they weren't great some of them but uh, still like (laughs) they were they were more they were more playable than than this mess and i mean i don't know i think i'm a little more forgiving for it because like the way i look at it's just like it was an impressive fee at the time yes it's a game i don't want to go back and play i mean i didn't have a ds until a couple years after a system launched uh and the fact that i didn't include this as one of my first ds games shows you how you know the issues that i had with it the the i mean the the ridge racer um minigame and go vacations better than this <laughs> mm. yeah that, i guess you know that's a spin-off we could put on the list if we really want oh yeah good point <laughs> but um yeah i find it interesting that um just a, a neat wee segue here i guess um that you've not put this as your lowest rating, to be honest. Yeah, well, uh, okay, so one of the things that we're going to do with every entry is that I thought would be fun is if we just mention the brief memory that we have of each of these games before we move on. And uh, for DS, what I will say is that I remember going over a friend's house who had a Nintendo DS and he had this game because this was like one of two launch titles for the system or something like that. I mean, I think it had more, but like this is one of the the primary ones aside from Super Mario 64. And I remember he didn't want to play it at all. So I asked him like if I could. And I did this a couple times with a couple friends who had DSs. I would like go over to their houses and and use their systems <laughs> just to play this game. And yeah, the yeah. experience never lasted more than like five minutes because it's not a very good game. But that's that's my memory of Ridge Racer DS. <laughs> uh, mine's is actually pretty similar in the sense that when I got my DS, um, I picked up Ridge Racer and uh, Sega's The Rub Rabbits, or would have been Project Ooh. Touch, I believe, which was. Um, a fantastic game that I would love to discuss, but not today. <laughs> and uh, Ridge Racer DS just got ignored, which was a shame because portable Ridge Racer seemed great at the time. And um, with the DS having similar capabilities, you could say, to the Nintendo 64, um, maybe slightly PlayStation 1, I was hoping that we could get an experience that was at least playable, but I, I still don't know what went wrong to this day. It just feels very sluggish. It doesn't really feel like Ridge Racer, and even compared to the early Ridge Racer titles, the drifting just felt unmanageable. Yeah, this is one of two games on the list I have very, very limited experience with, so I, I don't remember exactly why controls were terrible, but I fully believe... Yeah, they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I fully believe that they were... When we talk yeah. about Ridge Racer 64 in a couple of entries, um, I will explain uh, in detail why they don't they didn't work so so well for that game, uh, in my opinion. But yeah, so so that's really Ridge Racer DS. Uh, we'll move on then to Ridge Racer 6, which is actually the game that I put as my least favorite in the franchise. Uh, and because I said it was my worst, uh, I guess I'll, I'll lead off with my thoughts that this game was tasked with reinventing the series and yes. balked in every conceivable sense of the word. It is a total unrepentant failure. Um, it is indicative of everything I would hate about Ridge Racer games after this point. Uh, yes. The the Nitrous system is a shoddy attempt at trying to, trying to inject some sort of 
I don't mean to sound like a douchebag here, but I'm going to. Um, some sort of like <laughs> mainstream appeal, like to you know an otherwise standard arcade racer. They completely drain the handling of any and all of its personality. These games do not take skill to play in the same way the earlier ones did. They just don't. Uh, the steering is just you're you're. Like people say, Ridge Racer on rails. That wasn't true as much for a couple games in the series, but yeah, with six, yeah. it definitely, definitely is the case. Um, and granted, the uh, the handheld versions that came out before this uh, were definitely guilty of the same thing. But I think they were better games overall. I think the issue with Ridge Racer Six Two is that like it just like everything about it's just so bland. Like the track design, the music, the career mode. I think actually is like maybe this game's worst failing because it's literally just it, it's a collection of like of essentially like standalone events that never really materialize into anything they just throw like a hundred of hundred of them at you at at one time and it's just like go nuts and <laughs> there are no secrets that's not withholding anything there's <laughs> like everything everything about this game you can figure out from within the first two minutes of playing it i don't know i yeah, sorry. This one's this one's a sore subject for me. <laughs> no, I, I find it interesting because I mean, clearly with your rankings, then because this was the point of failure, that would ultimately doom Ridge Racer. You would still <laughs> rather give Ridge Racer DS more props, yeah. which is fantastic. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with any of the points you've made there. Ridge Racer Six is not only the most bland of the Ridge Racers, but also the most um how would i describe this like there's nothing there's nothing about the game that you could recommend to someone who might want to play it because you've got that weird on rails handling that you you brought up in the sense that the car seems to move on an axis um it's just so uninspired there's nothing about that rich racer style that's there outside of a half decent soundtrack and i mean it it's you're right. This is this is the point you could probably go. This is where it all went wrong. Much in the same way people would refer to like maybe Sonic Adventure on the the Dreamcast is where Sonic started to go a bit iffy. But like, Ridge Racer didn't even have the chance to completely fall apart after six because it seemed like it was so so bland and boring that it really did speed up the process of Ridge Racer becoming irrelevant. Yeah, there's just nothing about this game that. I would ever want to go back and experience. I mean, seven did. You can figure out obviously seven's higher on the list than six is at this point. Yeah. And seven, seven was the better. If if you're going to try and take six and improve it enough to like be a serviceable game, that was seven. You know, and seven added so much that we'll talk about later. But like six is on its own. It's it's just not. It's a very bare bones experience, which I know Ridge Racer, especially a lot of the early games, were very bare bones experiences. But this one is just so lacking that one thing that would draw you back in. I mean, like, yeah, this is a series that had story modes and like dedicated modes where you could create your own teams and and great handling models and great physics and great graphics and great car design and great track design and. All of that is missing from this game. <laughs> you touched on one thing there that I would like to bring up and say that it does actually look a bit like an updated PSP game. Like the graphics oh, were yeah. just so like just terrible really. Like you would think that looking at it that it was an updated PSP game and it wasn't on a home console because it just it just looks so flat and lifeless. Yeah, I mean the graphics are fine. Like in in the sense of you could get away with a lot, like, as a launch title for a new system. I mean, you always can. But yeah. on the 360, when your competition is PGR3 at launch, because uh, we forgot to mention <laughs> this was a launch title. Um, yeah. Yeah, PGR3 is, to this day, one of my favorite racing games of all time. And it was a launch title. And it just, like, it set the bar visually uh, just kind of environmentally like i don't know just the feeling you got when you were when you're you know racing in the cockpit view in that game was just so immersive and i just never got that at all from tracer 6 so it couldn't be two diff- more di- two more different titles to be honest like you've got rich racer 6 which feels uninspired and uninteresting and then pgr3 kind of living up to that hype 
absolutely. So yeah, let's let's just move on. Um, well, we'll we'll list our memories first, and then we'll move on. Uh, so Ridge Racer Six for me. Um, I remember I, I own this game, and then I think I sold it very quickly or something. <laughs> it was one of the first <laughs> games I got for the 360, uh, and I think I I got rid of it. And then a couple of years later, I was like, I want to give it a second chance. So I had a friend who lived across the street and he had a copy of it. And I was like, can I just borrow this? And he was like, we'll pay you to take it. Uh, and then that's how I ended up with Ridge Racer 6 <laughs> again for free. I actually kind of made money off of it in a way because I was able to sell it and then get it back again. So it's not too bad. I need to say, I'm quite um, impressed that you lived on a street where it was like the biggest conglomerate of Ridge Racer fans ever compiled in one street by the sounds of it. Oh, they so were So that they even had the uh, 6 and all the bad games. Yeah, no, they called it, they were like, we we hate this game because it's like Hot Wheels cars. That was the, oh, the exact right. quote, um, which is understandable. I mean, it's a bad it's a bad game regardless of whether or not you're a Ridge Racer fan. <laughs> but I was like, okay, their pain is, is my game in this situation, so... Um, my memory isn't very exciting. I just remember playing it um, for the first time at a, one of the, a family member's house and just thinking, this isn't my Ridge Racer. Hashtag not my Ridge Racer. <laughs> 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 Now we move on to number 10, uh, which is Ridge Racer 64. So now we can actually, you know, discuss the meat of why the basis for Ridge Racer DS wasn't so great. Um, So, yeah, this game just has a really interesting history because it wasn't developed by Namco. I think it's the only game on this list. Yeah, technically, as I look at the list, that was not developed by Namco. It was developed by Nintendo Software Technology, I think, which made... 1080, I think it was 1080 Avalanche on the GameCube. That's the only NST title that sticks out to me. I mean, I'm sure they made other things, but that I know that I've played because Nintendo didn't really brand a lot of the games that they made, but when NST did it, it was like one of the like first logos you'd see when the game started up, so you kind of knew. And yeah, just from the moment you start playing it, it's like, this is weird. This is not Ridge Racer. This is very clearly Ridge Racer through the the lens of a different team, a different company that doesn't really understand Ridge Racer. Like, I mean, just, just to give a, a basic background, it's like you have a bunch of different random cars from the franchise as well as a couple new yeah. ones, which is kind of... Actually, it was kind of cool because it was like, oh, you could drive like the very first, the car, uh, the FA Racing from the first game, or you could drive the... Uh, uh, the Absolute Dopasante from R from R four, and it was like, oh, it's almost like a a best of, like a Ridge Racer Legends. Yeah, and an then they had collection. Yeah, yeah, a whole car collection, and then they had like this. They, they they almost did the same thing with the tracks as well. You could drive like the first game's tracks, Revolution, uh, and then they had a couple new ones that they made. It was Renegade and something else that the game was so hard that I never actually got to the downtown <laughs> tracks. Yeah. So, yeah, it was like a weird collection, but I think where it just all falls apart was like just the gameplay. It was it was a very difficult game to play, especially because the N64's control stick was not up to the task. Yeah, it kind of handles as if, uh, look, aliens came down to Earth and asked you to explain Ridge Racer. <laughs> and then they took your kind of feedback and then tried to make Ridge Racer. That's the way it felt. <laughs> The music's weird. There are a couple remixes of, remixes of old songs. There are mostly new tracks. I think there's one song in this game called like Maximum Over- Overdrive or something like that. Something Overdrive. I think it. I love that song, but every other song in this game is kind of weird. And yeah, I just remember like struggling with the controls as a kid, um, and just playing this game endlessly to 
try and convince myself I loved it as much as other Ridge Racer games. But I mean, even the I mean, in terms of like graphics and I think it was like uh, it wasn't 60 frames per second, but it was a very fast, very smooth game. So that was cool. But I just I felt like I couldn't keep up with it. I felt like the action on track was too fast for me to handle and the controls weren't adequate enough for me to get through everything. And also some of the some of the cars are pretty fugly looking to be honest. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. yeah. They're pretty gross. Um yeah, so memory I have of it, I distinctly recall accidentally deleting my game save. And that was upsetting because that was a hard game, and then to try and recover from that was something I don't think I could ever do. Because <laughs> as I said, there's uh, two different. Th- so there was like the revolution, and then the standard tracks, and then there were the um, yeah. there were the expert offshoots of that, and then they came up with their own like renegade track, and then like this downtown one. I never ever got to the downtown one because it only happens like later in the career mode. And I delete my game save a first time. So like there's like half of this game I've never experienced, sadly. You're gonna have to get another Nintendo sixty four then and beat it. That's the challenge. <laughs> I mean, fortunately, uh we have more modern methods of me playing Ridge Racer sixty four. If, mm, if I really want you mean <laughs> Well, the same modern methods I used to play Beetle Adventure Racing and have a great time a couple weeks ago, <laughs> but I'm not gonna do that for Ridge Racer sixty four because I don't like that game. <laughs> Fair, 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 fair. Um, My experience with this game is pretty limited, to be honest. I played a kind of show floor demo of it once in my local mall. Uh, That's what I remember most, because once again, it was a Ridge Racer game, so I was pretty excited, and then I was let down, which is quite a recurring theme (laughs) with this series. But um, yeah, that's Ridge Racer, isn't it? So... Yeah, I should say this game was a massive deal when it was announced, at least to me, because like it was a Ridge Racer game on the N64. Like this was the PlayStation's biggest racing franchise up until Gran Turismo showed up, and it was on yeah. the N64. That was a huge deal. But if only we knew then, before before it came out, what we know now. So, yep. That is Ridge Racer 64. Uh, number nine, Ridge Racer Vita. I actually give this game a little bit more credit than other people do, but I still scored it lower than you, Brendan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which is pretty interesting because I think we've talked about before, kind of off the podcast, how much I just didn't like this game and felt it was a bit of a waste of space, but somehow (laughs) I've gave it a higher score than you. It's pretty funny, actually. (laughs) So I can put up with a lot of things. Like, I can put up with this game only having, like, five cars when it came out and, like, three tracks. And I can even kind of put up with it not having, like, any sort of a, you know, career mode in any sense or any any sort of a single-player experience. In retrospect, that may have just been launch goggles of the Vita, and that may have just been... I don't know, I just I was really desperate for a new Ridge Racer, man. I mean, at this point, this is 2011, and the franchise is definitely on its last legs, and we all know it. Yeah, I don't know. I had a decent time with this game, and yeah, I can't really put my finger on why. I mean, a lot of people are like complaining about the free-to-play model, but the thing that often gets forgotten about is the fact that this game was such a massive failure before it ever showed up that Namco heavily discounted the price of the base game and gave you all of the DLC for free, at least all the DLC except for like two tracks for free, like right out of the gate. So. That definitely helped things, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think I, I definitely could have warranted scoring this game lower, but that said, I think it was more playable than any of the air games on this list, and I tend to value the the technical achievement of it, so the fact that we were getting something kind of on the level of Adresha 7, albeit running at 30 frames per second, which I know is sacrilege yeah. to some. Yeah, you, you probably have an issue with that. I can, I'm okay with that, but... Yeah, I mean, I I thought it was impressive on the hardware at the time, but yeah, this isn't one that I would really go back and play either. It's it's pretty much a glorified tech demo as far as I'm concerned. Um, If Ridge Racer 6 was the beginning of the downfall, Ridge Racer Vita was putting the final shovel of dirt over its Ridge Racer's corpse because 
that series was in no like, no place to try that kind of model in the first place. Yeah. So it attracted all this unnecessary negative attention that had everyone pretty much shitting on the franchise, even people that didn't really care about it. We know the way the internet works. Um, people grasp onto things even if they don't understand it. And that was the case with this game. I felt like it was just so tone deaf to try and implement this DLC model and yeah, admittedly, if you played the game a few years down the line, like myself, um, you got a decent amount of content, but at the end of the day, it just seemed as if the Namco didn't really have a clue what they were uh, aiming for with it, and it plays well enough. Like you said, graphically, it's pretty nice compared to like the home console versions. Sure. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel as if this was a, a bit of a horrible misstep, and it just felt like too much of a cash grab in a series that is plagued with so many ports or slight changes rebranded as new games. Yeah, because this game got absolutely torn apart in the media for its pricing model, and I don't, I don't disagree with it. Um, there were a couple bright spots for me. I love the direction they took with the car design in this game, and like I. Yep. <laughs> I, I think one of the reasons I love Ridge Racer, and definitely as we get closer to the, the top of this list, I'll be talking about this a lot more, but there's this kind of mythology to the series, this like history, this kind of awareness of context, this world building that Namco always did. So yeah. the fact that the Asoluto Promesa was in the game, which was a car that was in Ridge Racer 4, and the new one clearly was inspired by the design of the first one, and the fact that they brought back the the Fatalita, the Fatalita and there were a couple cars in this game I can't exactly remember, um, but they had liveries and new designs that evoke the earlier versions of those cars in the franchise, That that's how you win me over. I kind of noted these like callbacks. Also, they sold a lot of... Uh, a lot of previous uh, soundtracks, a lot of old songs yes, you could get did. on yeah. the PlayStation Network. A lot of them were free, um, and that was cool. So I like being able to drive around to like remixes of uh, Disco Ball and my favorite songs from Ridge Racer 4 and, and so on. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that there's a, there's a lot to like as Ridge Racer fans in here, but I think that the 44 Metacritic speaks for itself in terms of how it was received <laughs> on launch. That's a pretty poor rating, and everyone just basically says the same thing they don't know where the price for this game came from with what it launched with and it's a shame because like you said it's actually one of the games with the most fan service you could argue um there's quite a lot of nice content in here and the soundtracks especially was a nice addition but unfortunately it, it just it didn't hit the ground running and there's so many stories where that's kind of ruined a game and i think that was the case here by the time they did add decent content, people had already moved on, and there was nothing even to move on to on the Vita. I think people just moved on from the Vita full stop. Yeah, and as we talk about memories of it, uh, there's something that we definitely can't miss, which is something I completely forgot about, but now that I remember, it totally justifies my rather high ranking of this game. The Daytona USA crossover, which was the most ridiculous thing that I think has oh, ever happened... Yeah. Uh, in arcade racing history yeah so when that was announced I lost my shit uh, I played it and I remember just like learning all the words to the song and just like fucking singing it along with uh, my man uh, Takenobu Mitsuyoshi so basically if you don't know uh, the guy who did the Daytona USA song who does all the Daytona USA songs with that iconic voice he did a version of the Ridge Racer it is the Ridge Racer song, like the the song called Ridge Racer yeah. from the first game, with vocals Absolutely. that he made that are just talking about, oh, it's Ridge Racer. <laughs> it's so good. Oh my god, I want to listen to it. We're gonna play. We're definitely gonna play it in this show. It's gonna pop up at some point. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that was really cool. To be honest, one of the the kind of shining lights of the game, and one of the reasons that. I put my score kind of relatively high because it was cool seeing that Sega. It was um, so cool, man. crossover. I, I, I was, I was there for that definitely. They put the car in the game. They put the the Hornet from Daytona USA, and it is exactly the Model Two Hornet. Like it's this blocky ass 
car from <laughs> 1993 driving alongside like you know all these really pretty car models on the Vita and it's absolutely hilarious and there's like nitrous too and I think the nitrous actually like comes out the side of the car or something like that because it has side exhaust so yeah it's it's pretty awesome um, that that's a fan service that we're talking about yeah and I think that that sums up exactly what we're seeing here it wasn't that Ridge Racer Vita was lazy not at all um, it was just a bit misguided I don't doubt for a second there was good intentions here but it just didn't come off the way I think the developers would have wanted it to. Yeah, the uh, the bean counters had a little bit too much to say with, with regard to this one, I think. So, that's Vita, and now we'll move on to number eight. Um, oh, did you did you have anything to say about Ridge Racer Vita? you have a memory? Oh, um, so, I actually got my first Vita only about three years ago. Um, I imported a white and green model, which looks incredible. Oh, that's um, pretty, yeah so so nice and uh, the first game I downloaded from the Playstation store was um, Ridge Racers and that's how I basically spent my Christmas day oh, so okay. a good memory in that sense I would say pretty yeah. awesome yeah you still you still had like the oh I got this new console you know it feels so it, it's so nice you know you weren't you had those the, the benefit of those uh, launch goggles going for you yeah, exactly. There's In nothing more frustrating than playing the Vita because you just look at it and think, you had so much goddamn potential. <laughs> yeah. How the hell did this not work out? And sometimes I still look at it covered in dust like, yeah. oh, how how the hell did this thing not succeed? I love it, man. It's one of my favourite hardware ever, definitely. It's it's just so nice. It feels perfect to use. and you got a Wipeout um, game that I love and you hate, but... <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's for another pod I think it is. So we'll, we'll move on. We'll move right along now. Uh, number eight. This one's interesting because uh, remember I said at the top of the show that there was one that we seemed to heavily disagree on. It was yep. the original Ridge Racer, uh, which wow. I gave seven points and you gave three. So Brendan, explain yourself. Okay, put the pitchforks down. Um, <laughs> so um, my my score for this is in relation to what I scored another game later on in the list, um, mm. Ridge Racer Revolution, because. I feel like Ridge Racer is obviously one of the most iconic entries in the franchise, for sure. But in terms of wanting to go back to it now, I I would always choose Revolution over that. And that's kind of the standpoint I had was I felt as if that game iterated on everything so perfectly that as as much as I appreciate what Ridge Racer did for the series, I just don't feel like it holds up as well. I, I mean... I love the game to bits. The soundtrack's phenomenal. Who doesn't love Rotterdam Nation? Well, me. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> wow, uh. that's the worst thing you've said so far. Oh no! <laughs> Come on, everybody loves a bit of Gabber. Poorly made Gabber from Japan. Surely. I can't. That's so. That's the one thing. I I love the stupidest music, but I cannot do sped up robot. <laughs> I can't, I can't do that. Now you've lost me. PSP remixes are even worse in that sense as well. Oh god, no, that's where I draw the line, man. <laughs> but yeah, in terms of uh, the original game, uh, 
given it such a low score. I just feel like it, it was great at the time, but I feel like um, the other entries on PS1 really do um, eclipse it, and I don't see why anyone would willingly choose to go back to it. Yeah, I agree with everything you're saying, <laughs> which is why I, I mean, I also scored Revolution higher on this list, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I, I do kind of give a lot of weight to what, you know, significance, where significance fits in. And, and this was the first game in the franchise. Now, I do have a lot of issues with it. Namely, the handling model is garbage. And it's kind of based on... It, it's based on that flaw that I have with the game that I, I honestly, I don't understand how in the world the PlayStation launched with all of the all of the steam that it had in the very beginning because like yes Ridge Racer is very pretty it you know by 1995 standards and yes you got an arcade game an almost arcade perfect port of it onto you know the first like really console capable of 3D graphics um, at least yes. once it didn't look crappy like the Saturn but within 30 seconds of anyone playing this game I don't know how they didn't feel extreme dread because the handling is awful. <laughs> it's really bad. You like, and I think we talked about this uh, in one of our first shows. I think we talked about like why Sega Rally's handling was so great, and I think yeah. the example I gave of the complete opposite of that is the first Ridge Racer. In that, like, <laughs> yeah, whereas in Sega Rally you can really kind of feel a rhythm and like there's a weight transfer and everything. Um, in Ridge Racer, you either you know, tap on the brakes like you do, you know, in Ridge Racer, the way you get into a drift is you tap on the brakes and you turn and then and then the, the tail kicks out or you lift, you know, with faster cars, you can just lift your uh, thumb off the throttle. Yes. And that's all it takes to brake sideways. And when you do that in this game, uh, what basically happens is your car just like, I don't know, it just decides like the front end just going to go where the hell it wants to go. It really doesn't pay <laughs> attention to you. And it just kind of yeah. like lazily slides back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And you try to get it pointed in the right direction, but there's almost like a timer for how long the car will stay in that like gripless state, you know, where it's just kind of wavering. And you don't know when it will break out of it. And when it does break out of it, you might be pointing at a wall or you might be pointing at the road. There's really no way of telling. So like this was another game that I could not finish in as much as like I was never able to get like, you know, all the cars in the game where I was never able to get yeah. the uh, devil or the not the devil but the the angel because like it was just it was too hard like and the ai is i mean there is no ai like as a matter of fact there is no ai in this game they just and there wouldn't be for a couple of couple of entries obviously but but yeah just not good memories going back but at the same time this was the game that started me off you know with the series and for that i have to i have to give it some props no, and understand that definitely. I think um, the funny thing is, look, if you played that first game, I don't think you would know the series just about drifting until you see the very first attract demo. Because when I was playing the game initially, I was kind of driving in a normal manner, not trying to drift too much. And then the attract demo kicks in, and everyone's fucking drifting at ninety degree angles through every corner, and you're just like, oh, so that's what I'm supposed to be doing. There's no way that I'm going to be capable of doing that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure that I was totally aware of how to properly play any Ridge Racer, now that you mention it, until I got to, like, four. Because, I mean, I was a kid, and there's no way I would have known, and... But yeah, that track demo, I'm thinking of the song in that demo, and it's a really good song. I actually... That's that's a song I like, and I really like the, uh, the replay song, which I think, if I remember correctly, is just a bunch of, like errant noises just like sirens blaring <laughs> yeah there's a lot of songs on the soundtrack that just kind of they had a, a normal beat in it and they're like that sounds a bit too generic just throw some fucking sound effects in there and we'll get there eventually and then they were like oh we need to make a song that Adam will date so much that it annoys him every time he hears it and that's how we get Rotterdam Nation as well yep exactly that's it <laughs> But yeah, I understand the significance argument. I really do. Um, but I would argue that the, the other PS1 entries had more significance in terms of making the franchise worthwhile because I think the thing that's a bit shocking so far is maybe it's just us being cynics, but so far we've talked about why we hate most of the games so far in the bottom tier of the list. 
instead of maybe what made them good, with the exception of Vita, ironically, which is one of the, the worst held games. Yeah, I mean, for me, it it's really as simple as just like, this was one of the first racing, the first games I ever played, and like, there is a distinctly different style to a Ridge Racer game, to a Namco-produced arcade game, than to Daytona USA Sega Rally, which is like what, you know, the other games I was playing when I was a really little kid, and like, there was just, you know, Ridge Racer has this different feel, it's the the track design, that, that's something I, I also have to give credit to for this first game, because Seaside Route 765 is really, you know, there's a reason why they keep bringing it back, uh, and why they kept bringing it back in like every game that they could. It's it's a perfect track, you know, it's one of those legendary tracks, uh, just the, it's obviously, you know, it's a short lap, um, but yeah. it offers a lot in that space, and all the corners are so memorable, and you know exactly, I mean, years and years of this, decades of playing these games, you know, every, I know what to do every single corner, that's not to say I can necessarily achieve that goal, because as I said, the handling <laughs> is terrible, but yeah. yeah, however, you know what, I will give them um, a lot of shade for the the expert track in this game is terrible because it's just like it's they use this conceit of oh you're driving through a construction site to like give you (laughs) absolutely zero room and like the walls are super high and they close in really really deep i mean i remember the point where you go from the the actual base track to the construction the extra portion of it and you can see the moment where the track gets like 40 percent smaller and it's like well they don't try and hide it yeah they don't they don't hide it and it's also unfair because it's like that's how you get around rendering like any graphics at all it's like oh we made the wall the walls like 10 feet high so you can't see over them so (laughs) it just felt like you were being cheated honestly oh yeah definitely the thing is though like as a, a kind of a child playing this there, were, there was always something exciting about games having hidden secrets, I felt. So when you could see that there was another track built into the main track, I don't know, as like, a child playing it full of wonder, like it was really cool to see that kind of the track could be extended further, even if it was pretty garbage. Oh, dude, I used to like draw tracks when I was a kid. I mean, yeah, I used to like, come definitely. up with like fake video <laughs> games. And I used to draw, like, oh, there was this one road in the Ridge Racer track that you couldn't access. Like, what would the track look like if, <laughs> yes, if exactly. I could do that? I used to do that all the time, and it was so cool. And, yeah, the idea that, like, there was one track but different paths that branch off of it, it was that kind of world building that I really liked about the game. So, um, yeah, dude, we really need to pick up this conversation. We might have to break this into two parts, depending on how <laughs> yeah. it goes. I think, Potentially. I think that might what we do um yeah so memories of ridge racer this entire thing has been just memories i will say the first time that i discovered that you could turn around hit the wall at a certain speed go through and play the track in reverse or mirrored that was pretty phenomenal that was mind-blowing yeah that that was such a cool moment to find um i can and funnily enough my memory is very to that in the sense that um, when you versed the Angel Car for the first time, mm-hmm. for some reason it, it totally blew my mind as a kid uh, playing that you started on the beach. Rather than oh the yeah, it's so weird. Because it was like, holy shit, holy shit, what's going on? <laughs> it was like for some yeah. reason it was like such a cool moment, and it really isn't that big a deal. But no, like we no. just talked about with me creating tracks and the world building, it was just one of those things like, oh my god, it's nighttime and we're starting in a different part of the track. That oh, dude, weird. the nighttime was so fucking unfair in that game. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright, so um, next on our list, uh, number 7 is Ridge Racer 3D, and I really can't talk a lot about this one because 
as I said, there were two games on this list I didn't own. I was able to play some Ridge Racer DS, and I know what that game's like because it's a lot like 64. I have, like, zero concept of 3D, man. So, take it away. (laughs) (laughs) So, one of the reasons I hate Ridge Racer DS so much is because Ridge Racer 3D pretty much makes it irrelevant. Um, This is a, a Nintendo port of the exact same gameplay you find in 6 and 7 and whether that's a positive or negative is obviously for <laughs> you to decide but it was a perfectly playable um, portable Ridge Racer on a Nintendo console that had a decent soundtrack and it ran pretty much perfectly and the 3D effects were actually really nice you even had an, an in-cockpit view as well which was pretty cool Yeah, I I feel like overall you know, we're willing to kind of look the other way when our favorite games, or maybe not so favorite games, maybe games that we play but aren't in love with, get put into handhelds. Um, because it's like, oh, well, this experience maybe didn't necessitate me sing in front of my TV, but, you know, if I can do it when I'm on on the plane or something like that, you know, Stockholm Syndrome and all that, when you're on a trip, you don't really have <laughs> yeah. much to do, so at least I can play, you know, an average Ridge Racer game. And that exactly sums up. It's an average Ridge Racer game right in the middle of the road of everything. <laughs> I think that's why it's kind of in this ranking because it really is pretty much the most be- like not even bare bones. That's not doing that. That's doing it a disservice. It does have a lot of content, but you're getting no surprises whatsoever from it. Yeah, I think something that bothered me was I really didn't like like the car on the cover and like some of the some of the stylistic changes they made with the with the game because like i have watched some of it on youtube and some of the tracks it, it was another situation where like i wouldn't be surprised to find out that like like namco developed this right but i wouldn't yeah, be surprised yes. yeah i won't be surprised if someone else did because maybe just being on a nintendo system it just doesn't look like a ridge racer game to me the the one car that's on the cover i don't even know what it's called but it looks like yeah look that actually does look like a hot wheels car like yeah it's it's weird muscle car guy would imagine medical car would look like that's the kind of weird vibe i get from it it's yeah it's not the best car for the cover um and in general it's just it's just a standard ridge racer game there really is nothing really that special about it modern ridge racer game i should say um, but yeah, it's not. It's something I would rather play over um, DS for obvious reasons. And oh, yeah. if you're looking for kind of bang for your buck, then it beats out the Vita version too. Yeah, that was the interesting thing is that with the Vita version, they obviously adopted that terrible pricing model, and then with Ridge Racer 3D, they just came out with the normal game. And would you believe that the scores were normal? Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know. Played every review pretty much says this is a racing game. Oh god! Uh, you drift, you you use nitrous, and you try to win the race. Six out of ten. <laughs> but Brendan, it wouldn't be a modern review of a Ridge Racer game if you didn't spend the first three paragraphs making jokes related to Kaz Harai. Oh god! Yeah, definitely. <laughs> or complaining about the lack of damage modeling. Like, yeah. The amount of reviews that bring that type of thing up is infuriating to say the least but I say that as a, a Sega Rally Revo apologist and having to read that over and over again as well uh, I've already got a bit of a knack for hating when reviewers bring up oh there's no damage modelling in this game is it was it such like, an like, antiquated thing you know yeah because Gran Turismo didn't have damage modelling a lot but it bothered a lot of people uh, for years and years and years but yeah the first three games were like the best selling games on their respective consoles so guess what I don't think anyone gave a shit (laughs) (laughs) exactly I think it was just this time period when the 3DS came out from when the PS3 and that came out as well for some reason um, every game journalist in the world decided that every racing game should have damage modelling I'm not sure where they came to this conclusion but um, San Francisco Rush had it yeah, that's it. That, that's the standard. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, like any any car game released within that window, for some reason, having not having damage modeling was a negative. And believe us, we had a whole Ridge Racer spin-off dedicated to damage modeling. And it's fucking awful. So. Yeah, look what that got you, folks. <laughs> Every <sighs> game should be burnout, basically. 
Oh, exactly. And I mean, hey, I love Burnout, but yeah, every game should not be Burnout. So Definitely not. Yeah, so I have no memories of Ridge Racer 3D because I didn't play it. So <laughs> I think the only memory I guess I might, I, you could say I have is when I was looking through all the DLC tracks for Vita and they ported, I think, a couple 3D ones to the Vita and I chose not to buy them because I didn't play the game. So I had no, <laughs> no touch point for like, oh, I want to <laughs> go revisit that track. So, yeah. Um, my memory would be that in one of the local malls, Nintendo was doing like a 3DS roadshow prior to release, and um, they had loads of games set up like Resident Evil and Mario and Ridge Racer, which is the game I went straight to. I was the only person playing it. <laughs> mm. And I was so impressed with seeing a competent Ridge Racer running on the handheld that I decided I would buy it because... It was just good to see a Nintendo console that wasn't powered by a toaster. I mean, it still mm. wasn't great, but it was so Nintendo portable, I should say. Um, so, yeah, I just the way it ran, I was impressed with the glasses 3D at the time that I would go on to never use again. <laughs> um, and, yeah, uh, just that that's a good memory for me in some senses because it was good seeing a, a decent portable Ridge Racer running on something that wasn't a Sony handheld. Yeah, allow me to be pandering for a second and say just, damn, I love you British people because you give Nintendo so much crap and it's so great to hear. <laughs> systems, <laughs> systems powered by toasters, like, yes, yes, absolutely. This is what I've been saying all along. No one agrees with me at my job or at school or anywhere. Um, I mean, you know, Reggie Fisa me up. If the game's not fun, why bother? He says as he plugs his hamster into the Wii U so that it runs games. <laughs> Did you hear what he said this week? He was like, yeah, you people are stupid because the whole reason we came out with the NES Classic and the SNES Classic was because we had no system for a year. <laughs> and yeah. you all bought it. <laughs> so we're not doing that again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, he was... The way he worded the, the whole question around the Nintendo 64 Classic, too. Yeah, like, yeah. If they're making it, I don't know about it. <laughs> yeah, well, <that's> great. <laughs> that be interesting <laughs> uh, no I'm, I'm kidding Nintendo you're great I'm gonna give you all my money when Super Smash Bros Ultimate comes out yeah so. they, they've, they've really you can say all you want Nintendo but when push comes to shove when they actually decide to try we always fall for it when push comes to shove I don't think I'm playing any other game for the remainder of my life except for Super Smash Bros <laughs> Ultimate <laughs> everyone I know is gonna have it. it's gonna be online it's gonna be great can't um, wait for the Hornet to be added to DLC. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Fighters Megamix. Yeah. yeah. Alright. This is a point of the list now where we go from games I don't really like so much to games that I actually do respect and have a lot of good memories yeah. of. I'd so. agree with that. Yeah, so next on our list, uh, number six is Ridge Racer 7. Yeah, I was so surprised that this game wasn't bad. Like, and that's that's such an average sounding, you know, such a ho hum, like not not convincing thing to say about a game you like. But no, I just I couldn't believe that they were able to take the bones of Ridge Racer Six, give it a lot more content, which that game sorely needed, come up with a, a really solid customization angle that I never expected from the franchise. Uh, yeah, between all of that, they add a bunch of tracks that, like, where I actually thought the track design was pretty interesting. Um, the, uh, tracks in the jungle, like the Lost Ruins, and that, that was all new for this game, and I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. Um, there was some fan service, I think, in there, uh, as far as they brought 765 back, which I don't, th- 6 didn't have that track, I don't think. I think they just brought back for no. 7. Yeah, it's like one yes, of the last tracks. Seven. Yeah, yeah, it's like one of the last tracks you get in the game. Um, and I have a very, I don't know if it's interesting or not, but I have a, a slightly emotional thing to, to say about, uh, to say about that track that will pertain to my memory when we finish this discussion. But yeah, I I was just like, I was surprised. Like this is the game Ridge Racer 6 could have been. And yeah, I mean, I know I can play about the handling and the handling in this game is functionally the same as six, but I think it, it was just wrapped in just a more just interesting experience a deeper experience overall like i said the career mode and the track design and that allowed me to kind of put up with some of the things i didn't like so much about the engine and yeah i mean i was just shocked it was as good as it was 
I would define it as a, a sexy experience. <laughs> yeah. The, the menus as well, just like mm, yeah. that dynamic music that changes from menu to menu. Absolutely. Oh my god, yes. I love that shit. And even like the career mode at it still just do this race, do this race, but they have that nice kind of world map look and the, the yeah. news ticker at the bottom that starts to hint <gasps> towards the post-game contents. I mean, come on, that's what we're after. And I love the news Red sticker. Racer 7 gets it. Yes, exactly. So it's one of those things not many people would notice, but I knew for a fact that you would have picked up on it as well. <laughs> I, To be honest, I can't even remember what about the news ticker I love, but I remember reading something that made me go like, oh, that's so cool. Like, I... I don't even know, but yeah, there were there were like some like tidbits in in there, right? That just like, oh, they mentioned a guy's name from like a team from Ridge Racer Four, I think, <laughs> at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was like, cool. Um, it would refer to potential like car manufacturers that get dropped from like Type Four and stuff that might be making a comeback, and um, referring to the fact like the old Angelus driver is frustrated at the new Angelus driver and stuff oh, like that. Oh, that's great. Like. Is that it's like fantastic. a Stig reference in like 2000 and... No, it would be too early. It was before they stacked the Stig. They called oh. it, though. They, they yeah, they did. In the future, clearly. Um, yeah. You've got a great car roster with fully upgradable cars, which was mm. another really good feature. Yep. Um, the online... Like, there was something really simple I loved about the lobby system where it would auto-translate preset messages between players. So, like, if you're racing, like, a Japanese guy, like... You could actually get a conversation going with the preset messages. It was just a very nice experience all round. I think Ridge Racer 7, like you said, it's what 6 could have been. But 7 had so much more care put into it that the gameplay doesn't stick out as a bit outdated so much. Yeah, it almost makes me wonder if, like, you know, we know there was a year between the 360 and the PS3, and I'm wondering if Namco basically approached these launches like we're definitely gonna have a launch game for the playstation console um and then i don't know halfway through development somebody said hey you know that ridge racer 7 demo you're working on uh <laughs> yeah. we can make a lot of money if we put that on the xbox 360 so they did i would uh, be surprised if that was the case because that's that's how six feels in comparison to seven seven feels seven feels like a fully fleshed out game and it feels like the biggest ridge racer which like I, look it's the biggest that's not the same as being the best but an achievement of being the biggest is like we we're saying you know it's fan service to people like us who've been following the series for a while yeah because the amount of small touches in the game are incredible like when you first the, the devil drive the, what is the devil cars like actual manufacturer name I, uh, I think it's the revelta yeah nerd sold that sold that Right. Oh, is it sold that? Well, oh, in Ridge Racer Five, in Ridge Racer Five, according to my uh, Prima official strategy guide, R.I.P. Prima, um, <laughs> that they that they put out for Ridge Racer Five, I think I think it was a Soldat Cronali or something like that. I want to say, yeah, yeah. So like that that car that when you race that in the post game, like um, it's ridiculously fast, possibly so to catch in most of the cars unless you had one of the special vehicles you could unlock, and like. It purposely always stops right before the finish line, just waiting for you, taunting yes. you at the end of the last lap. And just, I, I love that kind of stuff because it made it feel like a real world that this guy is just a cocky shit, basically. And, um, oh, yeah, I love that so much. There's so many to the game that have that. Like, there's also a rocket car that, when it's not using nitrous, it goes like 15 miles per hour. <laughs> but when it's using nitrous, it's going ridiculously fast. Yes, absolutely, and I will I will clear up the Soldat Revelta confusion. My confusion was warranted because this this right here is why I fucking love Ridge Racer, because I'm on the Ridge Racer wiki and it says the original Cronali appears as a secret RT13 racing car in uh, I guess in the first Ridge Racer and then dot dot dot. Yeah. In Ridge Racer Five, the 13th racing car was revealed to be made by Revelta. In Ridge Racer PSP, the Cronali features an all-new design following the sale of Revelta to Soldot. So oh, they came man. up with the narrative <laughs> that Soldot bought Revelta and destroyed the brand. That's I just I loved oh. it like that. It's so great. <laughs> it's why it's why I love when they actually try with Ridge Racer when they put care yes. into these things I love stupid little backstory things like that I mean it just makes oh so cool it just makes me think like how 
cool that an R Racing sequel could have been as well if they started to incorporate this type of thing. And oh man, I'm I'm with you on this. I just love all this backstory lore and the news ticker basically encapsulated that in like sentences that were so like succinct and worded in a way that would catch guys that were attention and. Yeah, Ridge Racer 7 just has so many cool features. It's so hard to explain, but it, I mean, yes. I mean, if you're looking at it from the outside, it is window dressing. But yeah. for some reason, like, I mean, it's why I love Wipeout. And Wipeout does that in spades uh, with the world building. And I don't know, I've always felt like people who don't play race, you know, not people who don't play, that doesn't make any sense. People who play other games games and racing games always talk about the stories in their games and whatnot and then in, in other genres and i just always wondered why why the games that i like to play why racing games can benefit from that ridge racer was always an example of how you could do it properly so uh, yeah i think it's just the the level of imagination that the, the tiny tidbits of information they put in that really appeal because we talked about being children playing ridge racer and like that kind of making you want to create racetracks and then even when you're older and that kind of uh, like early 20s teens phase like it still appealed to you because you were starting to care about the backstory and lore it's actually pretty impressive that that that's like a clear kind of progression almost yeah yeah because it's just something that like keeps coming back and keeps rewarding you uh as a fan of the series and that's nice i, I would like to be rewarded now but they haven't made the new one since 2011 <laughs> yeah um, that switch one's there somewhere, maybe. Yeah. Don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, memory of Ridge Racer Seven. Uh, yeah. So, as I was saying, uh, one of the last, I think, the last thing you unlock in this game is uh, Seaside Seven Sixty Five, and driving that track in this game, unlocking it and driving it, felt like playing a cinematic from like one of the first games in the series. I mean, Ridge yeah. Racer, the first, Ridge Racer and uh, Ridge Racer Revolution, they didn't have, like, opening cinematics, but Rage Racer did, and R4 did, and I know that track did not appear in those games, but it was like the... It's one of the few moments that I can think of where in that moment when I was playing the game, when I was driving 765 Ridge Racer 7, I was thinking, when I was a child, I imagined what this would look like one day when they when they could make it what if this track was real i mean every generation i'd be like graphics can possibly look better than this and then they did but like i would think about like what if this was a real place and like 765 made me feel that way made me feel like oh my god this looks like the opening cinematics of all of the ridge racer games i love except i'm playing it like i'm living in it and like that was a really it was like a really just like jaw-dropping experience like like a mo- a weirdly moving experience to have no i think that's a fantastic memory because like i think we all felt the same scene like the way they reveal 765 as well really throw it in your face it's very much at the end of the game and they know exactly what kind of moment they're building up to when they finally let you race on yeah it's it's a very well paced game too and the uh, decision to hold 765 till the end is brilliant even though I mean obviously that would have been the first track I went to if I could but they, they knew what they were oh, doing oh yeah <laughs> definitely um, well for my memory it, it's actually a pretty funny one because I remember I, w- I was playing the game with some friends and uh, unlocked the Terrazzi Wild Gang <laughs> and they were like, everybody was just kind of laughing at everything <laughs> Of course. Um, and then the more I played the game, the more I realised how much you could upgrade all the cars. And then I was like, holy shit, I am going to beat the main game with this car. Oh. And that was it. Like, holy crap. One of the, my like most proud gaming <laughs> achievements, really, because when you get to that end game and those final championships, it's horribly outclassed. Oh, yeah. But, like, managed to win on, like, a points total, and it was, like, separated by 1-2 points at the end, and, oh, man, I was just so happy that I managed to do it, and it all started just because I'm making some jokes about how ridiculous this fake <laughs> 500 looked. <laughs> well, they know that you are so, um, good at these games, that, that you're such a, <laughs> such a, such a pro MLG player that you're able to beat the game with that car. Oh, I actually, it, man. I forgot the Wild Gang, uh, when you said Wild Gang... I, I know what you're talking about now. You're talking about the one that looks like a Fiat 500 or Nissan Micra. I was originally thinking of the one with like the uh, 
the exposed wheels with the oh, fenders. Yeah. I can't uh, remember what that's called. Oh, that's gonna annoy me. But yeah, that was something. Um, yeah, the idea of being the game though with a car like that uh, also brings to mind something real quick, which is just that I feel like Ridge Racer Six was like, like I couldn't beat Ridge Racer Six. I felt like it yeah. was maybe made purposefully hard so that you would never beat it because that game had no content to begin with. But Ridge Racer 7 was actually, like, reasonable in its difficulty. So I was able to, to beat that game and complete it, and that made me feel really good because I don't complete a lot of games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the, the kind of... They really wrapped up in the post-game in 7, but the actual main campaign was pretty forgiving. Mm. Yeah. So... <sighs> All right, Brendan. It's been an hour. Part of me is like... I want to keep going because I'm having a really great time. Part of me is also being the very pragmatic, uh, cruel podcast host and thinking that we could milk this for another episode. <laughs> oh, we've got to be cool. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> because, we. I think we've got to. I mean, I really do think like there's almost three parts to this discussion. There's the part we've just completed. There's going to be the final part of the list. But then I think there's also that retrospective look at what Ridge Racer was. And, like, I think even from the games we've discussed so far in the lower end of the list, it's clear that this is a series we hold special to our heart. And yeah, this is this is something that I think that our listeners, all two of them, yeah. <laughs> will love to, to kind of hear us drag out almost. So I think we, we go down the cruelty route for this one. Yeah, I'm thinking of like polls we could do and a, a listener listener ranking and like all these great branding opportunities they're just coming into you know flooding my mind right now so that's probably what we should do yeah i'm running out of steam right now so we, uh, we will we will cut this discussion off right here and we will pick up at a later date with uh numbers i guess at this point six through or four Five? Where where are we? I gotta I gotta look here. I gotta find the right tab. Yeah, so we stop with uh, number six Ridge, Ridge Racer Seven, and we will pick up with five through one at a later date. So definitely tune in for that. Yep, you won't want to miss the end of this list. And I think after that pod, that'll lead us straight into our Christmas cast, which we have to start thinking about as well. And then at that point, we won't have to have done, or we we won't have done a new Sega related episode for at least a month. <laughs> so that'll necessitate like four Dreamcast racing game coverages in one. So Oh yeah. I would, I would say that's that's fair. Twenty nineteen can be the year of the Dreamcast. Alright, uh so thank you so much for listening and we'll see you again soon uh with the rest of the Ridge Racer list. Yep. Thanks everyone. See ya.